Welcome to the Strawberry Jam Sessions brought to you by Victorian Strawberries. I'm your host, Simone Austin, accredited practicing dietitian and lover of all things strawberry. Each episode will bring you a palette full of goodness to help you make the most of Victorian strawberries. So let's get to it. So today I'm lucky enough to have with me Danny Venn. Welcome, Danny. Hello. Lovely to be here. I'm going to read before we get started a little bit of a bio about Danny, and it only touches on her achievements, but I'm sure she can tell us a whole lot more. So, as a self taught cook, Danny loves nothing more than spending time in the kitchen with her kids, preparing nourishing meals using fresh, wholesome ingredients. Danny is most widely known for her time on MasterChef Australia as a finalist in 2011, All Stars in 2012 and in 2020's blockbuster MasterChef Back to Win. Danny has presented food television, Weekend Feast on 10, Breakfast Radio on Nova FM, created online videos for brands, tasty recipes and consulting for FMCG products and cooked her way around the country at events. Danny's love for adventure, travel and wellness combined has also resulted in her annual wellness retreat and beautiful destinations around the world. Wow, that's a lot. (laughs) It is a lot and it's always the reason why I find it so hard when someone says, so what do you do? (laughs) Yeah, where do you start? And that hasn't even brought us on to 2020. (laughs) And I thought I'll let you tell us, what are some of the adventures that you've been doing this year? Yeah, this year has been amazing, really. I mean, it's been obviously difficult in some ways, but for my work and brand, it's been incredible. And I'm really grateful for being part of MasterChef Back to Win. It was and is an incredible television show to be part of. And from there, I created my Danny Venn curry range, which started with the pineapple curry at Coles. And how's it going? Have we branched into other varieties as well? Yeah. So the pineapple curry has been so well received. I must say everyone that's tried it loves it. It's a Sri Lankan-inspired curry And really, it is to give people a taste of Sri Lanka in their homes. And I have developed a few other flavours, so you'll have to watch out for those. Absolutely. I love Sri Lankan food and I've got some friends that my son went to school with and I love it when the mum cooks and drops me off some food or when he had birthday parties and we could go around there and all the kids just didn't matter what nationality they were from, loved eating the curry. They didn't they didn't know what it was probably, but they just <laughs> loved the, the spices, which is a great way to get kids to eat different foods, isn't it? Yeah, totally for sure. And I think there's something very special about Sri Lankan food and uh, I think it's the same. Anyone that tries it absolutely loves it. So when you're cooking, let's think about strawberries. You've got pineapple under there. I'm not <laughs> sure about strawberries in a curry, but you never know. <laughs> what are you thinking about when you decide strawberries? How do you decide what you're going to match with them? Oh, strawberries are a wonderful ingredient. Not only are they sweet, but they also have acidity, so they go really nicely in sweet and savoury dishes. A gorgeous salad, pairing it with basil, almonds, even some, I think there was goat's cheese in it. And I I kind of was like I wanted to create a recipe without it being gimmicky and actually working really well. And I was so surprised how the strawberries actually were the hero ingredient. They really made the salad. And it's maybe something that people don't think about often when they're using strawberries that you can put it in a salad, but trust me, it really works. And then, of course, there's a plethora of sweet dishes that strawberries go so well with that we use all the time in our house or just to have them as snacks as well. 
But I think you hit the nail on the head with that people don't think about using them in savoury dishes and having them, as you said, as the hero ingredient. But what a perfect way to maybe introduce kids or people who think they don't like salads but know they love strawberries to <laughs> salads. Yeah. Um, you know, what a, what a great way because they're pretty, as you said, they're sweet, and then you can pair them with some herbs and different foods that people might not have tried before. Yeah, that's right. It's a really good way to, to just give it a go, have a try, especially when, you know, they're in season, they're in abundance, they're really good value and obviously very good for you as well. So if you've got an abundance, let's think of an abundance, you know, you've been to maybe the strawberry farm or, as you said, strawberries are in season in Victoria from November through to May, which is a pretty big season. Um, what do you do with them if you've got a whole lot and you want to, you know, you want to make sure that you're making the most of them and not having any food waste? Yeah. I mean, there, there's lots of things that you can do with strawberries and sometimes they do spoil quickly. So it is good if you feel like they are on the way out to know what to do with them instead of just throwing them out because we don't want that. And I love freezing them. So I'll just give them a little wash, take off their little green top, cut them in half and pop them in the freezer. And, you know, they're a fantastic addition to a really easy sorbet or you can put them in, like you can use them from frozen in a baked treat or, of course, like a smoothie as well. And I saw that um, I think you might have had on the Victorian Strawberries Instagram about freezing them rather than I've made this mistake before where I just chuck them all into a container, put them in the freezer and then, oh, I only want half a dozen and it's like one big solid mass. Tell me, how do you freeze them? Yeah, so to do it properly, <laughs> you should freeze them in one um, one level. What's the layer? Layer. One layer. One layer? <laughs> like one level? Yeah. One layer. <laughs> it's still early in the morning. I'm still drinking my coffee. <laughs> so one layer and then you can then from, from that point then put them in a container and have them on top of each other. But you know what? It You could do, I know that, you know, you're supposed to make the layers, but it still works when you do put them in a bag. I just have to chip away at them, so <laughs> it's a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. And, and also roasting them is a great way to use them as well. Um, so And you can also dehydrate them as well if you've got a dehydrator. Of, of course, yes, and that really makes the um, flavour intensity increase by removing the water and then they're a really good treat to have, aren't they, or a snack to have, pop them in the lunchbox or when you're going out on a picnic during summertime and they're not going to spoil. That's a great way to eat them, I think. I might, I might try that. And I've roasted them before and then put a bit of balsamic vinegar on them and they were delicious like that. And then you can also add them in with perhaps other seasonal fruit, fruit as well and make a compote. Obviously, I've had a recipe as well for um, a chia jam, which is really lovely as well with strawberries, which is, you know, a, I think a nice alternative to a traditional jam. There's lots of things you can do. Absolutely. Do your kids cook? Do they get in the kitchen with you? Yeah, they love it, especially my youngest, Oscar, who's two and a half. He's fascinated with cooking and loves just being involved in everything. Like, just mixing. He loves making, for instance, his eggs in the morning. Harlow, probably not as much, but they love, like all kids love cooking and obviously love the end result as well. And I think it's so important to start young because there's so many kids who just haven't had any confidence in the kitchen and then grow up and are afraid that they're going to make a mistake or they're going to ruin something. And, and I think fruit is a really good one to just get introduced kids into 
washing it, arranging it. I know my daughter would just love to cut the fruit up and make the fruit platter and, you know, pop the strawberries and the bananas and whatever else in. Um, it's a good way yeah, to introduce it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be difficult at all. It could be simple. And I think there's so many schools as well at the moment growing their own produce. And I think when kids see that in action, they have a, they have a real fascination for it and they really are more inclined to want to try something raw, so whether it's a salad leaf or, or a strawberry or smelling the herbs. So having that sensory experience I think is really important. What about you when you were young? Like what got you into cooking? What got you in the love of cooking? Oh, I think my mum got me into cooking. She was a fantastic cook and really loved experimenting in the kitchen at a young age when I was a kid, uh, but more in the Chinese-Asian cuisine. Her dad was... Chinese, but only a very small quarter, quarter or third, very small portion. <laughs> um, but he he died when my mum was young. So for her, cooking was a way to reconnect to her family history. So when I was a kid, she used to make all these Chinese dishes for me. And I just really fell in love with ingredients and produce and and eating, really, I think to be a good cook, you have to be a good eater. And that was kind of the thing. And and it wasn't really until I was in my early 20s, though, when I started cooking for myself that I thought, oh, wow, I, I can see myself doing this professionally or as a career. And did you go into cooking as a career straight away or did you do no. something else before MasterChef? Well, no. So, I mean, I, I I became more and more obsessed with cooking, especially through my travels, going to places like Vietnam and Sri Lanka and then wanting to recreate those flavours for my family when I got home. But it wasn't until I really started cooking for myself and then I thought, well, maybe I want to, like, be a chef, do an apprenticeship. And I was 25 and I, I call it my quarter-life crisis. I was like, should I be a chef and do an apprenticeship or MasterChef had just come on TV and I was really interested in in that show and I saw how incredible the opportunities were for the, the contestants that had been on it. And for me, I'm, I love variation and a challenge and fun. And for me, I was just like, if I did the apprenticeship, I couldn't go on MasterChef. So I was like, I'm going to put my hand in the ring, try out for MasterChef. If I don't get on, it doesn't, doesn't go well, well, then I can always do an apprenticeship. But I ended up doing MasterChef, which turned out to be like an accelerated apprenticeship and then have so many different diverse food roles in the industry since then. And so what was one of the dishes that you particularly liked cooking on MasterChef? Look, I think I'm very well known for my Asian flavours, Southeast Asian in particular. But also Sri Lankan. I've cooked Sri Lankan actually three times on MasterChef over the three series I've been on. I'm actually a tragic. Stop knowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and every single time I've cooked Sri Lankan, I've won the challenge. So I think that's not just a testament to like me, but the, the flavors of Sri Lanka and, and the wonderful, wonderful cuisine of that nation. And so being able to, to share that love of my Sri Lankan food has been really special. Yeah, and you were nearly like that niche that you're in, isn't it? You're a Sri Lankan niche, but also you can yeah, you can cook. It's becoming cook everything. Yeah, it's becoming more and more popular. Though I mean, like I saw it on Junior Master Chef, and I'm just like, yay! Like it's getting noticed. It's such a. It honestly is the most incredible foodie destination, and often I think in the world scale of things gets overlooked because you know people think of 
France or even Mexico or Spanish food, but Sri Lankan food stacks up against those just as well. And yeah, so it's great to get it out there. Well, I hosted my wellness retreat there actually last year. So that was amazing. I took a group of 12 people over and hopefully when we can travel again, I'd love to do it again. And what, what was involved in the wellness retreat? So my wellness retreats are a little bit of everything. It's kind of like a taste of wellness. So it's not too hardcore. There's a lot of retreats out there where it's like strictly, you know, vegan and yoga three times a day, but mine's very much a lifestyle wellness retreat. So it has a mix of cooking, hands-on experiences at farms. So going to, we went to a cinnamon plantation. We did a walk through medicinal herb gardens, that type of thing. We do yoga, lots of yummy eating, even sunset cocktails. We make sure we get those in. So it's like a nice balance. It's not too, and then adventure as well. Like we always, we went through an amazing like mountain bike ride and all sorts of things. So fun. <laughs> right up my alley. Yeah. 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 I think I don't want to go too hardcore, yeah. but just a bit of enjoying and, and exploring in time. So I'll have to look out for that, Danny, because <laughs> that sounds like it's right up me. Now, as how do you go strawberry picking? And as a child, did you go strawberry picking or do you take have you taken your kids strawberry picking? Yes, I so I before moving to the Mornington Peninsula, I lived in the Yarra Valley area and grew up around that area. So there was quite a few strawberry farms in the area that um I'd I'd go and visit and pick fresh strawberries from and it's always such a pleasure I think doing something like uh, with your hands and and seeing how things grow I think it gives you such a greater appreciation for fresh produce and of course I remember taking Harlow there as, as, as a little girl and it was just amazing to see her like her eyes light up as she saw the little strawberry ruby gems in the plants and and picking them and eating them straight off the plant I'd love to take Oscar. He is very much in the prime of strawberry picking age. He would absolutely love it. He'd get so excited. On the podcast, I interviewed a grower who is in the Yarra Valley. And so that was really interesting to, as you say, just understand about the farm life and the growing and that they don't just come in a punnet on the supermarket. (laughs) They don't just suddenly appear there. And, in fact, he was talking about, you know, people hand pack all the strawberries and I hadn't even really sort of thought about that too much, but they pack about a thousand a day. I mean, that's a huge amount of punnets. Yeah. When you think about it, when you go out, you do get your own strawberries, you pick your strawberries, you know, you get your bucket or something over an hour. Imagine how many they pick and how many they pack. So yeah, no, it is. And I think it's, it's just a great experience for anyone of any age to go out there and see how things have grown. And as I said, it just gives you a better understanding and appreciation so that things don't go to waste. I think that's exactly right, appreciation to think that that berry that you're eating started from nothing and how much work and care has gone into it before we eat it and that mind, that thought about that mindful eating and taking time to eat and the pleasure to eat. And I think for plant foods, we often, I think putting my dietitian hat on, is we take them a bit for granted. We don't realise how much effort from the environment goes into producing that, like, you said you went to a cinnamon plantation. I mean, I wouldn't even know what that looks like, but I love cinnamon. So going back to maybe understanding where that comes from would give me probably a greater appreciation when I eat it. Do you think? Oh, so much. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love taking people to the farms on my retreats because they go, wow, like whether it's like turmeric in Bali or lemongrass or whatever it is, people just are blown away. Cinnamon in particular was insane. So 
<laughs> cinnamon strawberries go really well together and you can put them in a lovely Ooh, dessert. Okay. But when you have a cinnamon stick and you see the layers of the cinnamon, so they yes. are hand rolled. <gasps> so basically the cinnamon is at the bark of a tree and they strip off that bark by hand and then the tiny little pieces are rolled into cinnamon. And so the multiple layers that you'll get in a stick of cinnamon have been made by hand. Like it's absolutely phenomenal. And cinnamon from Sri Lanka is proper cinnamon. Often you'll find cinnamon is with the, with the medicinal benefits of cinnamon. Um, often cinnamon sold as cinnamon, but it's actually, um, what's the other word for it? It's not, it doesn't have the medicinal properties. But anyway, so when you are stewing your strawberries in your compote and you put your stick of cinnamon in there, you can think of that. <laughs> So that means it's all handmade because your strawberries yes. are hand-picked, your cinnamon's hand-rolled. So if I was stewing my strawberries with my cinnamon, because I want to do that because I love strawberries and I love cinnamon and I'm going to go and pick my Vic strawberries as soon as I can. So what do I do? Do I put water in with them? Do I put a bit of sugar? What do I do if I'm stewing them? Look, I wouldn't go too heavy-handed on the water. There's obviously a lot of water in strawberries and if you add in a lot of water, it will go very mushy. It's the kind of the same with, with like a rhubarb or any berries really. Just don't – it kind of is a bit scary at the start because you're like, oh, I should add a lot of water because, you know, you're used to doing that over a flame. But just go um, gently. Do it over a low heat. If you would like to add some sugar or alternative sweetener, I'm always a fan of even a little bit of maple syrup or a little bit of coconut sugar or something like that and your stick of cinnamon and just bubble it away slowly. Don't go too hard. And if you were going to make it into jam, you could pop in some chia seeds, which would make it that jammy consistency. Yeah, it just soaks the chia seeds, just soak up the water, don't they? And they make it um, that plug. That sounds delicious. I could put that on my oats in the morning. Love it. Um, and, oh, with a dollop of creamy yogurt, and what a great breakfast that would make. Oh, I think that's going to be on for tomorrow. Okay, so I want to think about. Some sweet ways that I'm going to have my strawberries, apart from just strawberries and ice cream, we can stew them like you said. I could roast them. Um, can I, what about if I was wanting to put them in a cake or muffins or mm-hmm. what, what other way maybe? Just if you've got one more way I can, I can do my sweet save. You know, one of my favourite little recipes, and it's kind of like a traditional recipe, but that those little financiers, they're like little almond cakes. Oh, yes, yes. So a recipe that I absolutely love and especially where you might be asked to bring a plate or something to share are little strawberry almond cakes that are called financiers. And I got my recipe actually from the Burke Street Bakery cookbook. I love it. It's a little bit indulgent, has all the all the yummy butter and things like that. But you, you slice the strawberry in half and top it on the top of the cake. So it really makes, and you make them in little individual cakes. And every single time I've made these, and I make them often for like birthday parties and things like that, everyone's like, what is this? This is so delicious. And that when you bite into it with that, you know, roasted strawberry, fleshy, sweet taste, it really just balances so well with the almond meal in the cake. It's such a beautiful combination. Oh, so what was the name of them again so I can look for them? Uh, 
Financiers, they're called. Financiers. Okay, that sounds really posh. Almond <laughs> <laughs> so, cake. I made, I've made my fin- financiers for afternoon tea. I think they'll go with my cucumber strawberry and my cucumber sandwiches and my cup of tea for afternoon tea. Perfect. That's, perfect, darling. Yes. yes. <laughs> sounds perfect. I think I'll do that. Now, there's one um, thing I'm asking all of my guests. So, what is your favorite way with Victorian strawberries? What is the Ooh. Danny Venn favorite way to eat them? Look, I would say the most common way is straight out of the punnet. <laughs> I would have them just on its own. I love them on its own. But I absolutely love a strawberry sorbet. That's got to be one of my favorite treats. And they're just, it's just highlighted by the sweetness of those beautiful Victorian strawberries. I think it's such a delicious, summary treat that's left good visions i can picture that i can nearly taste it danny so thank you very much for joining us today and we i'm definitely going to go and find that recipe to make my financiers (laughs) thanks danny thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure thanks for joining us at the strawberry jam sessions if you've enjoyed this very delicious podcast please let others know by rating us wherever you listen to podcasts And there's plenty more strawberry goodness where that came from. Simply head to vicstrawberry.com.au. Until next time, I'm your host and strawberry lover, Simone Austin for Victorian Strawberries.